Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Delighted today to be joined by Simon Costigan, Change Specialist. Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm good, Simon. How are you? Good to see you. Good, yeah. good to speak to you. Sorry. Speak. Yeah. Well, ironically, I think we worked at the we worked at Boots at the same time, but our paths didn't cross. I think it was one of those East Side West Side, which sounds all very street to people who won't understand Boots um, things. But yeah, good good to catch up, and thanks for coming on. No, my pleasure, Simon. Thank you for having me. So you deal in change uh, I suppose we all think we're quite good at it but actually in in reality we're probably not as good as, as we all think and certainly in a business context one of the most difficult things to do certainly lots of transformation projects in play are they really transformation evolution all that kind of stuff that we'll get into but before we we get into the the, the meat of this episode do you want to tell us a bit about yourself I mentioned you worked at Boots but I know you've done more than that Yes, obviously you're right. We we, cr- we crossed paths at we crossed paths at Boots. Um, I spent sort of 25, 26 years Boots UK, and then more latterly, Walgreens in their global brands um, arm. Um, then left then left Boots. Worked for a small merchandising company called Momentum In Store, delivering a large scale cosmetics transformation program for Boots. So I went from working for Boots to working for Boots as a supplier. So that was a little bit of a little bit of an odd dynamic to uh, to get my head around but yeah that was really good uh, and then predominantly worked in large um uk high street retailers delivering trains at change and transformation programs so you know uh, wilco dfs holland and barra benson's for bed so you know big um recognizable names on the on the uk high street amazing and and change certainly the transformation banner absolutely fascinates me because like you you know retail through and through worked at for lots of different brands and we work with lots of different brands I suppose my skepticism says have I ever seen true transformation so that step change very very rarely I suppose is my position at the moment so why do you think there's lots of kind of change transformation projects but it just seems so difficult to do i think the big dynamic that is often overlooked is is people um so and and it they and people flow through every kind of transformational change or, or any size of change for that matter that, that you're wanting to make in a, in a business context whether that's you know procedural change governance change you know tech change there is always a people element to it, um, and there's always a need to lead people, lead people through the change. And I often feel that businesses always go after the stuff that is not easy, but the stuff that's more tangible. So you know, you've got a new process; it's written down. You've got a new system; you can touch it, you can feel it. New governance or new compliance that may come through. You know, regulatory bodies. These are hard measures for want of a better word where the people element is is far softer and it's far more an emotional state that you have to put yourself into to lead people through through the change that you want to go as a business so i think for me that's the biggest point of failure in any large medium or or small scale change that that businesses or individuals want to make for that matter and you know we we've seen through lockdown a massive leap forward in the way that certainly if we just take retail as an example that 
we can communicate to frontline workers. They've they've all been mobilized with apps potentially, different ways. So rather than it this communication sticking with the store manager and it may or may not get down to your four, six, eight hour a week part timers, that that's a seemingly a big tick in the box. But it must come back to the point that it has to be joined up from senior level, you know, boardroom, all the execs, all the way down to the customer facing colleagues on the floor. Absolutely, completely agree. So, you know, in, in when delivering any change through any business, the senior, for me, the senior leadership team need to be 100% aligned. And I'm sure you've experienced it and I've, I've absolutely experienced it where you're sat in a meeting with senior leaders, directors, heads of, and there's an example, you're looking to put a new process in place and everybody sits around the table and everybody accepts and agrees that the change needs to happen you agree the timescales, you agree the approach, and then you you leave the room and you start to speak with, with the individuals, the colleagues and the functional heads that it directly affects. And the message that's come out of the steering group or program board or whatever, whatever kind of meeting it is, the message that they've received from their director is very different to the message that you're then trying to convey. So the necessity to have that agreement at a senior level before everybody leaves the room is incredibly important and if people aren't comfortable or aren't happy with either the proposal or the um the proposed approach or the way that you know they want to see it implemented in the business i believe leaders have a a um a, a, a need to express their feelings and give their feedback in how they want it to be done because it's incredibly important that when people are aligned and that they agree that they're aligned that, that that's stuck to i mean i'll give an example I was working in a, in a retailer where we were putting in a new um ranging process i agreed with the directors what we do when we do it went to speak to the functional heads around okay so this is what we're going to do this is the new documentation this is why we're going to why we're going to do it this is how it affects you and this is the benefit the response was well my director told me not to do that because i'm too busy so then you lose potentially two three four weeks trying to realign either the meeting that you've had previously or re-engaging stakeholders to understand what's gone wrong and what you need to do differently. So those that initial conversation, it could be very, very uncomfortable because you're, op- you're asking for openness, transparency, and for people to be really, really candid and go, actually, no, I don't agree with that. But I'd rather be sat in a room with a group of people who are happy to disagree with each other and either go away, reflect, and then come back or work through you know, the difficulties, their feedback and what they're not comfortable with there and then in the room to a point where we can leave the room. Everybody's aligned. Everybody's joined up in terms of this is the approach and this is how we're going to do it. And you mentioned two words there, kind of open and transparent. And and I think, again, as organizations get into the mechanics of delivering the change, and we'll, we'll touch on some of the other bits in a second, I very rarely see lots of these programs being reported as off track or the status report having any reds on it you know there might be a few ambers of this is a bit late or a supplier's not done that whatever lots of green so again that must be a big play back to that open and transparent culture piece of this is what we've agreed at a senior level 
this is the, and we'll touch on comms in a second, this is how we're going to do it, when, but almost an acceptance of very rarely do things run to plan on time. There's always curveballs, isn't there, in these, certainly in these big projects. Absolutely. I mean, projects and programs, as you know, Simon, they're, they're never linear. So you don't go from one milestone to the next, you know, in sequence. You know, you'll either you'll go forward to and then something will happen and you may have to go back or you go off at a slight tangent and then drop back into the milestone. But I, I agree with you. You know, I, I've been in businesses where reds, for want of a better word, are are frowned upon and directors are seen, you know, the, the perception is that you are failing within you know, the program that you're delivering on behalf of the business. Where I would come from it is report, reporting a red is, is critically important because if you report it as amber, as you've just touched on, and the program starts to drift, well, then you start to encounter benefits erosion. And what you initially set out to achieve nine times out of 10 isn't what you end up delivering. So, you know, it's, it's, incredibly important to be open honest and transparent and actually put your hands up and go do you know what we're having problems in these programs so it may be you know it may be personality issues it may be issues with a third party supplier but actually if you can be really clear with the business and go okay well it's red these are the risks and this is our plan to bring it back on track and this is the support that we need from the other senior leadership team in the business i believe that's a far more healthy place to be then as you say, you know, let, let's brush it under the carpet and hope for the best that everything's going to come right. Because in my experience, invariably, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of people at the moment, their number one thing is resource and capacity. So giving somebody extra bits to do within their day job and then wondering why it's not a priority to them, you know, back to the initial bit of buying and, and top-down cascade all the way through that organisation. So, yeah, be interesting anybody listening if they've got any views on that in terms of the way things are reported and either the openness and transparency in organizations to feel comfortable reporting those issues and seeking help or actually is it more of a well let's not really say it's a red let's say it's an amber and, and move forward and you could you could even you could even argue that actually you know if you're using red amber green as you know to status report and then you remove amber so it's either green or it's red, because what does Amber actually tell you? So Amber tells you that it's off track, but then you're getting into the point where you agree the tolerances. So if we're off track, what does that actually mean? So if we're a week off track, is that acceptable? If we go three weeks off track, does that then become an issue? So I would encourage people to think about if you are looking at using Amber as a metric, then what do the tolerances within that mean? Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. And I, I touched before on communication. Mm -hmm. So easier to get to frontline colleagues now, I think, post lockdown because people have invested in the tech and had to kind of pivot at that, that critical moment in time, um, certainly from a retail point of view and those essential retailers. But does it is a strong com, comms planner kind of good platform for success and in, increase your probability of, of getting there? I think it's it's essential. So in any change that you go through, people will want to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, three things. What is the what's the change? How does it affect me? And what does it mean for my job? People, you know, everybody's intrinsically selfish when it comes to their own job. So as part of any change, I would encourage anyone to really think about what's your engagement and your communication strategy. Because, 
you know, you and I will know from our, our boots days, we, we went through <laughs> went through enough organizational uh, change programs, you know, when the business was either removing roles or changing the shape of the organization. And we'd all sit in those town halls and everybody would talk about what the change was and what it meant for the business and what the benefits were. But I always felt that the individual communication on a one-to-one basis was sometimes lacking. Um, and this is the real nub of it. This is the real benefit where where communication comes in because everybody will deal with change differently. Some people embrace it. Some people will be ambivalent to it. Some people will, will openly resist it. And in my view, it's, it's the leader's accountability to truly understand how that person is, is feeling and lead them through the change. We've all talked about the emotional cycle of change, and I think everybody is, is, is very, very aware of that and how the trough works, et cetera, et cetera. But what we have to recognize is if we are taking somebody through change, there will be a period of mourning that they will go through. So let's take a, a, a new tech adoption within, within a business, and it's a new system. could be a payroll system. could be could be anything for that matter. When you're removing people from an existing system to a new system, no matter how poor and how cumbersome the old system may be, people will go through a period of great discomfort as you move them from the old system to the new. Because if they've worked for that, with that system for two to three years, it's comfortable, it's safe, they know it, they know how to navigate around it. Success will only really truly come when that person is working with the new system either to the same level of competence or a greater level of competence. And this is what people and businesses very often miss. So we'll put a new system in and then, you know, there's a period of potentially four to six months where the business is trying to reset itself and get everybody on board with the systems instead of taking everybody individually on their own change journey which i believe is a far more effective and beneficial way to lead yeah no, i agree and it kind of plays into people reverting to type or that familiarity so again how do you start to mitigate some of those behaviors where and we see it all the time you know, people are checking stock again when they've been told three four five years ago you don't need to check stock it's all from the dc you don't worry about it yeah, it's it's about it's about understanding, you know, the, the benefits, but also but also the consequences. So as you say, if taking that example, if you're checking in stock through the back door, and it's no longer needed in the business, what else in the business isn't happening that would give greater benefit? So I think it's painting the picture of um, the wider understanding of the business and where that person's role fits in. So yes, you might fi- you might find it comfortable, but actually, if you you know find six shampoos and ask for shampoos that are missing, that may be ten quid as an example. But actually, there's other activity in the business that would generate you know fifty, hundred, two hundred, three hundred pounds. Then actually, it's it's starting to quantify it with some really solid metrics to go. Yes, I understand why you believe it's beneficial but actually if you boil it down to the business benefit and where i want you to invest your time it's about giving that people the people the understanding because you know very often in business we tell people the what and the how but we very often miss out the why you know i've been in countless businesses where people are just doing processes 
for the sake of doing processes but without understanding why so why should i do it and what's the consequence of me not doing it correctly or the consequence of me doing it when i don't need to and it's that far broader and wider understanding that i often feel businesses miss and for me that's the most powerful element of it yeah it's it's like you said back to some of that personal what's in it for me or or what's not and i think instances i think we talked about it before offline where people have been asked to do things a couple of weeks ago by somebody and they just carry on doing it yeah yeah you're right i mean example you know another retailer that i worked in one of the ladies in the warehouse, with the warehouse operative, she was checking all the invoices that came in from China. And when I asked her, and she'd been doing it for two years, and when I asked her why she was doing it, what the value was and where the information went, she couldn't answer me. And what transpired was a director had asked her to do it two years ago. That director had since left the business but because nobody ever told her that she needed to stop it she carried on and it used to take a half a day a week so just think of the productivity that's been wasted over two years half a day a week you know going through information that the business didn't even use and there's countless examples and you know, you'll have some as well all over you know, the, and these are multi-million pound successful businesses. You know, these are high street giants, for want of a better word. But there's so much wastage just due to a lack of understanding of where I fit, where my role fits, and actually what can I do to, to, to sorry, to truly drive the business forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and process owners and governance around how processes get to stores, restaurants, hotels, wherever you might be working rather than people finding and, and we're seeing a lot more of it actually recently i was having a conversation this week about teams finding ways to circumvent the comms process to land things in stores on their agenda and then they get yeah. frustrate, frustrated when it doesn't land but then can't really understand why they get you know chastised in the center because they've circumvented the comms process it's not in the activity plan there's no work work uh, resource allocated to it there's not been a cost benefit case but for their department it's really really important so back to you know a lot of the crux of this conversation joined up from top to bottom and people understanding their part in the process and importance in that in the overall business yeah you're absolutely right and it may be a need there may be a requirement to actually stop doing some stuff as well so while we are putting this transformational change through the business we are going to stop x y and z and it, it has to be a conscious choice you know and it, that also then you know we touched on it previously leans into resource you know when you're doing these big transformation programs having resource dedicated in my view is essential yeah. for the simple reason that if you ask people to do you know large-scale transformation projects or programs on top of day job only one thing is going to happen so i've worked in you know many commercial and, and trading teams and i've delivered programs in in that arena using people who are doing business as usual now if i'm a category manager or a category assistant and my category underperforms for a week or is on a downward trend for a four-week period, guess where the business is going to ask me to focus my energy? Yep. In the day-to-day -day business, understanding why my category is either performing badly for one week or is then starting to slide. 
And that's the right decision to make because ultimately you have to have a viable business for the long-term future. What's often then not considered is the impact on the programme. So people are pulled out of meetings, pulled out of workshops. They then need to be rescheduled. That could take two weeks. And if you have three or four or five instances of that, you've then got a two-month lag. And this is where businesses then start to understand or fail to realise, more's the point, where does the benefit erosion start to kick in? So, yes, you know, we've delayed the programme, but what does that actually mean? You know, what does that actually mean in terms of benefit, in cost, in quality? And there's a lot of occasions where businesses don't actually stop and think around, okay, by doing the take, sorry, taking the approach we're going to take and using people as business as usual, actually, there's a significant amount of risk that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So lots for people to think about, you know, and we're not saying it's all doom and gloom. There's some really great projects out there, some really great change happening. But I'd say by and large, from what I see, that's in the, the minority, unfortunately, rather than the, the majority. So Simon, if people want to kind of reach out for you, maybe offer you some work, uh, further conversation about tap into your experience, where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just search Simon Costigan. Um, my email address is simon at thechangepartner.co.uk. Yeah, so just drop me a line, um, drop me a message if you want to talk talk further. I think sort of my my parting reflection would be in a lot of the businesses that I've worked in, and, and you'll probably echo the same, Simon, is go slower in the beginning to go faster at the end. So be really clear around the change that you want to make what the scope is, what's in scope, out of scope, who your key stakeholders are, and just be really clear from the outset. So do the due diligence. So take a month, two months, just be really clear about what you want to deliver and how. And ultimately, I believe that change is far more successful when that approach is taken. Yeah, no, I agree. There's that, I suppose, um, a wave of enthusiasm at the start of the big project people are excited and they want to get going and they can kind of see some of the things they want to do or the tech they're going to touch or the new tech they're going to bring in so you absolutely echo that of you know it's good to be excited it's probably going to be a long journey so don't lose all that excitement at the start enjoy the ride but yeah get get the foundations right and then you've got something really positive to build on yeah i completely agree so final question from me uh, that everybody gets what's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given i think the biggest the best piece of advice that i was given is just be curious you know in in the um in the world that we work in 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 change is just keep asking the question why why do you want to make the change why do you want to take that approach you know just ask why and just keep digging and digging and digging because ultimately you'll then get everything that that the client wants so to Keep asking why, be curious, be open, honest, transparent, you know, challenge, collaborate. And I think but the biggest thing, you know, is is just be curious and keep asking that why question. Brilliant. Love that one. It's been a pleasure to catch up and talk. I think we could carry on for ages on this one, but some some really good insight and golden nuggets there, Simon. So thanks for your time and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Simon.